Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm Zanetta Adams, your host and director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're talking about organizations that serve veterans. Joining me today on the show will be Tom Lang, the Community Outreach Director of the Michigan Armed Forces Hospitality Center, aka Michigan Freedom Center, Caitlin Cashwell, the Director of the Community Integration for America's Warrior Partnership, and Liz Muehlfeldt, the Midwest Region Operations Manager for the United Service Organizations, or USO. It's going to be a great and informative show today. We hope that you will uh, take notes, that you will share this information out with uh, folks that you come in contact with that are veterans or family members of veterans. And we hope that you'll stay tuned because we will definitely be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Today, we're talking about organizations that serve veterans. And as you heard, we'll be talking with Tom Lang, Caitlin Cashwell, and Liz Muehlfeldt from uh, the Freedom Center, America's Warrior uh, Partnership, and uh, the regional USO, all respectively. And so, you know, I, I, you know, before we get to talking about that, first of all, um, did y'all miss me? Um, You know, I know I want to thank Joe Soar from our agency for uh, hosting the show last week. Um, it was great. It was a great conversation in the lead up to hire a veteran. And hopefully you're, um, you either started looking for a job on the, that day or you had an opportunity to, to get employed um, or you're um, helping and assisting veterans and gaining employment because that's so important that um, we offer these opportunities up, but not just the opportunities to hire them, but also the opportunities to help them get prepared for the job. And preparation is not just the resume. Preparation um, includes making sure that they understand what it's like to be a civilian again. So, um, you know, continue to to help our veterans to to acclimate back into a civilian society, as some of them did not know what a civilian society was coming straight out of high school going into the military. So um, thank you again, Joe, for a great show um, and for uh, uh, hosting in my stead last week. So, you know, this week we're talking about um, organizations that serve veterans, and there are so many out there. What I do want to remind you, though, is that if you're concerned about whether um, an organization is legit, especially if they're um, soliciting funds, you can always go um, check out um, the Michigan Attorney General's website. They have a consumer education piece where they can help you to search and give you information on how to search for um, legitimate organizations, because there are some out there that are predatory, unfortunately. Um, But the ones that we're talking about today um, are not. They are definitely serving veterans. And, you know, I do want to say that I have um, been in the veteran space for a a while now, and um, I've I've had the opportunity of engaging with all of these organizations that we're going to talk about today, but many others as well, um, and had the opportunity of creating my own organization, which was helping women veterans. And so, you know, these organizations are important because they fill a gap and a need that, you know, a federal government and a state government cannot fill. And so it's great that we're able to um, collaborate with these organizations, we're able to share their information, we're able to, um, to share their information with you, because um, 
it's important that when we're looking about holistic, holistic uh, assistance, holistic wellness, um, health and wellness, and all those other things in between, that we we can we can reach out to a nonprofit or an organization that's serving veterans and serving caregivers and serving family members um, to be able to assist us with information that's specific to that population. So, you know, just in thinking about, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, I have used a plenty of, v of USOs in my day as I've traveled. And for those of you who are not aware, USOs are a lot of times they're in um, airports like a USO center, but they're, they're also, um, USO does a lot of work around the, the world actually going to bases to build up camaraderie and wellness within um, within veterans and the military. Um, I remember when I was serving, uh, in the military, I had just gotten uh, into basic training. It was around July 4th uh, and they had a big USO concert and, and, and they had like, uh, they had uh, uh, famous musicians and they had food, which we really couldn't eat because we were in basic training, but they allowed us to go to the concert. So, um, you know, that was just a great thing. And it was a great introduction into getting into uh, the military. And I guess a great preparation before uh, really hitting hard basic because I think that was the last hurrah before all of the hard work began and the stress levels and the groundwork and the fire ants took over. So um, they provide a great service and they do help with mental health and wellness. And so if you are um, not involved with any of a veteran service or organization or an organization that's serving veterans and you're looking for opportunities to serve, this may be a great opportunity to search out legitimate organizations that you can volunteer for and give your time. Because I know, you know, when I was running a nonprofit, one of the things I relied on heavily were, were volunteers because, you know, you have to live by the funding that you receive. And so um, you're trying to make sure that a majority of your funding is going towards serving the actual population that you set out to serve, which in our case are veterans. And so, um, you wanted to make sure that that was happening. And so the volunteers that we had were instrumental in making sure that our, um, our uh, programs were, were put into play and that we were able to help as many veterans and women veterans that we were able to help. So if you're looking for opportunities, whether you're a veteran or you're a spouse of a veteran or you're a supporter of veterans, these are great opportunities and you'll hear more about that soon. So just a reminder, if you are interested in sharing a show idea or being on our show, please make sure you visit our website at michigan.org slash MDAA. Go to the About Us section, scroll down to the bottom, and then you will see the Veterans Perspective link. Click on that because we'd love to hear from you. I also want to remind everyone, um, I, we, I talked about it on the launch day, but you know, the Veterans Crisis Line and the Suicide Prevention Line have a new number. It's really easy to remember, 988. So you can still call the 1-800-273-8255 and press one. But if you want a shortcut, you can always call 988 press one for veterans. And this is, remember that you can call on behalf of your veteran if they're struggling, but also you can call as a veteran. And it doesn't have to be that you're suicidal at the moment. You just need to talk to somebody about something. So don't forget those numbers are out there. And as always, you can give us a call to get connected to any resources or find out information about what benefits you qualify for at 1-800-MISHVET. That's one 800 6424838 and you can give us a call at any time day or night. We will be right back on the veterans perspective with our first guest. So, stick around.
Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. Please join me in welcoming our first guest to the show, Tom Lane, the Community Outreach Director for the Michigan Armed Forces Hospitality Center, aka the Michigan Freedom Center. Uh, Tom is not uh, a stranger. He's been on our show before, and we're, we're happy to be able to have him back. He's been doing this for about three years, but has always had a passion for volunteering and has done so at other nonprofits like First Robotics Michigan. He was a freelance sports writer for the Detroit Free Press for 29 years. He never served himself, but his father was in the Air Force and his daughter and son-in-law are in the Navy and they're expecting their first grandchild in October. Congratulations, Tom, and welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Very excited. They're even coming in this week. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's uh, I'm expecting a grandchild in October, too. So uh, I don't know when your date is, but that should be should be a fun time of year <laughs> for it will sure. Be. And they're um, based in San Diego right now, so we're going going out there. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, it's uh, that's funny because my daughter's an Air Force spouse. Uh, so, um, all right. Well, you know, I I welcome you back to the show again, and we're going to talk about the Freedom Center. But first, I have to put the caveat out there. I was just at your Freedom Center, um, outside of Delta, right down the the lobby, I think, from a uh, PF Chang's. So I, 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 you know, as far as where that's located, I know you have one of two, um, and we'll talk about that, but very, very nice uh, location um, and nice staff there and I, or volunteers or whoever they are, And um, but I just want to thank you for having that opportunity because it was great. I had like a two and a half hour layover or something. I flew in from Grand Rapids to Detroit and then Detroit out to D.C., and uh, it, was a, it was a nice lengthy layover, so being able to have somewhere to, to kind of land was great, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, that's why we're there. Um, Our mission from day one, which was November 11, 2011, so we're coming up on 11 years, um, is to give rest and respite for veterans, active duty, um, give them a little bit of food, uh, drinks, etc., trying to uh, give them a relaxing place to unwind or to, uh, you know, take care of things that don't require others being out on a hard chair out in the middle of the terminal. So you're having, are you going to have a celebration on 11, 11 at 11 years? Like, are you, are you going to do something? That sounds pretty cool. We had our 10th anniversary uh, last uh, November and it was very successful. A lot of fun, uh, very respectful, had a lot of dignitaries there. Uh, we will probably have some kind of 11th anniversary, but uh, you know, usually it's hard to get the public in there. So I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit? I know people here at the Freedom Center and they think, well, isn't that just a USO? Can you tell us what the difference is? Yeah, actually, we help ourselves and hurt ourselves by saying we're like a USO because <laughs> we are a lot like a USO, but we're better. <laughs> and I say that because we allow veterans in. A lot of USOs don't. Um, we also uh, allow allies in from other countries. And since Detroit, it's quite a big hub for Delta. Uh, that's an important uh, feature. Um, it's, uh, you know, the type of center that's always there for people. Uh, we're always open as long as we have volunteers. We always need more volunteers, of course. COVID kind of took uh, a big chunk out of our volunteer pool. Um, but yeah, it's, it is like a USO in many ways, except we just allow a lot more people in. And so what kind of, um, what kind of uh, I guess, ID, identification do you need to show in order to be admitted into a U.S.? I mean, I'm sorry, a, a Freedom Center. Just uh, any kind of uh, military uh, pass that you might have, uh, re- retired, et cetera. If you don't have it with you, 
our volunteers are trained to ask certain hidden questions mm -hmm. <laughs> that only military people would know. Uh, so that's one way. But uh, yeah, we try to work as hard as possible to not just let anyone in the door who tries to talk their way in. They, they have to be legitimate uh, veterans and or uh, active duty. So if someone has a driver's license that has the veteran identification uh, on it, would that work? Yes. All right. So you all heard that here. So if you don't have that on your driver's license and you don't have a VA card or a retired card, you should make sure you get that on your driver's license at the Secretary of State. So you talked about um, operating on volunteers. Um, so how would somebody um, go about maybe reaching out to you to volunteer if they're interested? You can uh, go to our website, which is mifreedomcenter.org. There is a volunteer tab at the top. You could also directly email our uh, volunteer coordinator. His name is Dave, and he's just dave at mifreedomcenter.org. That's his email. And uh, that'll get the process going because uh, we are required to, our volunteers are required to uh, get vetted just like an employee at uh, the airport. So you have to uh, go through some training and uh, have your background checked out and everything because uh, that's just required for anyone that works at the airport. Yeah, that makes sense. You have to go through TSA. And so uh, that does make sense to be able to do that. And so you're, you know, I'm sure you have family members, maybe former veterans, different types of volunteers who can come. Yeah, actually, a lot of our volunteers are parents of people who are currently serving or they serve themselves. Uh, one of our strongest uh, veterans just recent, I mean, uh, volunteers just recently retired. And so she's uh, been putting in a lot of extra hours because she maybe about three, four years ago, walked by the Freedom Center and just kind of stuck her head in the door and said, what's this? And they explained it to her and she said, I can do that. I would love mm -hmm. to help that way. Oh, see, that's that's a great, great way to get involved. And and you have two in the Detroit airport, correct? Two Freedom Centers? Yes, one in each terminal. Uh, the one you mentioned at Delta is near the big fountain uh, right in the middle. And the one at North, which I guess is now the Evans, is close to the Spirit Terminal or gate, I should say. OK, so, you know, I, I know that, you know, um, you all provide snacks and food and drinks when you're able to, how can someone who wants to maybe help out and donate, how can they do that? Is that through Dave as well? Or is there a different link for that? Same website, uh, mifreedomcenter.org. There is a donate tab at the top. Uh, but if there are any veteran groups out there like American Legions and VFWs listening, uh, we would love it if they would do things like maybe help us run a poker run event. Uh, I run really small but effective golf outings where we would just want a, a local post to provide the golfers and I would do everything else. Um, we're also in the middle of a furniture campaign. I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but we've served 800,000 people in the uh, past 10 and a half years and all the furniture is original. <laughs> so it's uh, seen somewhere and tear and we're trying to raise $15,000 to uh, re-outfit uh, both locations. So. Uh, lots of ways to help in that regard. There's also cash boxes at each Freedom Center. If you're walking by in the airport and want to drop in 10 or $15, that would always be helpful. Yeah, that's great information and definitely great opportunities to give back and to help veterans and to help 
I, you know, I will say that, you know, um, when you're doing a lot of traveling and you have an injury or you're just stressed because traveling is stress, um, being able to have somewhere where you can just relax and take a minute and take a beat, um, that it understands, uh, that veteran language, but also is, is a unique space is so important. So the work that you're doing is important and hopefully our listeners out there um, will see some value and maybe um, helping in some type of way. And listen, if you want to do like sponsor a week or a month uh, for them, I'm sure they would take that as well. So please uh, don't hesitate to reach, reach out to um, mifreedomcenter.org um, or reach out to Dave at mifreedomcenter.org to volunteer. And uh, I'm sure you can reach out to Tom as well if you have some questions and want to be able to sponsor some of these events and golf events and poker events. So thank you so much for joining us today, Tom, again, and for talking about the important work that you're doing for veterans. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, We have a lot of veterans talk about how it's a great place to decompress. And my favorite photograph I took on Memorial Day weekend of a mom coming out of the Freedom Center with her baby. Oh, we'll see. Well, you're doing important work. And so just a reminder, you can visit michiganmifreedomcenter.org. If you didn't have an opportunity to capture that, maybe you're driving or you don't have the opportunity, this is always going to be a podcast probably within a week. But then you can also reach us at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838. And we can get that information to you. Thank you again for joining us today. And um, good luck on all your endeavors. And thanks for being there and, and my time of need and other veterans' time of need as well. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm Zanetta Adams, director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency and your host today for the Veterans Perspective. Joining us up next is Caitlin Cashwell, the Director of Community Integration for America's Warrior Partnership. She has over 10 years of experience in leadership, business development, finance, and project management in both the nonprofit and for-profit industry. She currently directs overseas and evaluates America's Warrior Partnership's founding program, Community Integration, including branch expansion, community development and training, and the Corporate Veteran Initiative. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you and so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. And so, you know, we're talking about organizations that serve veterans today. And so can you tell us a little bit more about America's Warrior Partnership? Sure. America's Warrior Partnership uh, is a national nonprofit. We were founded in 2013, taking a model that was utilized locally in Augusta, Georgia, and branching it out nationally. So we have over nine affiliates and branches that use our foundational model of connect, educate, advocate, and collaborate. And that's our four-step plan. It was co-founded by a former Air Force nurse and a licensed clinical social worker. And we really emphasize getting to know veterans proactively and then connecting them down into their local communities so that they can find a network of support there and tap into those resources that might be underutilized. So I know you talked a little bit about, um, you know, tapping and connecting veterans, but can you expand a little bit more on why community integration is a part of the partnership or why that's so important to this organization? 
Absolutely. So we believe that veterans are best supported locally. Um, you know, you have to know who has your back there. We uh, emphasize a upstream approach to suicide prevention. So we focus on quality of life. We do not think that it's a one single issue that um, correlates to suicide. So our preventative model is that community integration approach. So focusing on housing, employment, education, access to healthcare, volunteer opportunities. Uh, we do an annual survey each year and we've identified that the majority of veterans wanna give back. So kind of the same thing that led them into the service is giving back to their community. So helping veterans find purpose is another piece of that model and that really promotes connectedness and helping them find that kind of individual network of support, not necessarily related to resources, but just to have somebody to talk to and to meet with and, and that sort of thing. So you assist smaller nonprofit organizations then? So we do. So our original model was to uh, advise nonprofits how to utilize that four-step plan and to improve support locally. Uh, we have a group in um, Greenville, South Carolina, Upstate Warrior Solution, Veterans One Stop in Buffalo, New York, the Warrior Alliance in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, the Tierney Center for Veteran Services at Goodwill Orange County in Orange County, California. And they have been using our model since that kind of original timeframe of 2014. And then we've also had branches that we've created in Indianapolis, Indiana, in the uh, Navajo Nation, um, also in Alaska, and the Panhandle, Florida, and then most recently the Permian Basin in Texas and New Mexico. And so we also, in addition to that, are branching out um, through our monthly trainings. We have monthly battle rhythms that is free and it's virtual for any nonprofit to attend. And then of course our annual symposium that's coming up in October 4th through 6th of this year in Atlanta, Georgia. There's gonna be an in-person aspect and a virtual aspect, but we want to put this model in the hands of those at the local level because we know we can't have every, every veteran's back. We know there's so many great um, BSOs out there that, that want to best support veterans in their communities. So we're trying to provide as much information as we can into those individuals. Well, and I know that you're working um, to, to bring some of those services to Michigan as well. So we're very excited to see that um, come to fruition and, and working with uh, some of our organizations here and, and with our state organization as well. You know, and I, I do want to applaud you too on, on that work because I, I think that there's this um, idea out there that as a nonprofit, you can't partner with another organization or nonprofit because then, you know, it's like now we have to share the wealth, we have to share the pot, which, you know, I'm all about collaboration and partnership because I believe that the more you partner, you actually strengthen your opportunities, funding opportunities, as well as um, collaboration and your reach. And so what you're doing is what many organizations should be doing. And, um, and I, I, I think, you know, for those out there who, who are listening, who, um, you know, may have a nonprofit or work with a nonprofit or volunteer at a nonprofit, this, this is a great opportunity to reach out to Caitlin and reach out to American Warrior Partnership to find out how your organization can be involved because getting connected to, to your organization 
connects them to a bigger network of organization and resources, right? Exactly. And, and what you're talking about is the America's Warrior Partnership Network. So we help connect communities to national resources when local resources do not exist or have been exhausted. And so that's a national initiative. Any veteran can create a self-referral for that. Any veteran-serving organization can complete a referral on our website, americaswarriorpartnership.org. And we always make sure that we connect veterans down to their local resources first. So helping bridge that gap. And you're right about the cross-collaboration piece. Um, there, there's a lot of work to go around because veterans are ambitious. They always have new ways that they want to improve their quality of life. They're amazing assets to their community. So we're just trying to um, keep up with that and yeah, help, help share the work and share the load so that, that we can all be better together. Well, and you mentioned the network. I mean, I know just in conversations with, I think um, Scott is over the network, um, that there's, it's no cost to the not, nonprofit to get plugged into that, right? Exactly. It's zero cost. We have Jeanette Gillis, who runs the network. Um, she's a licensed clinical social worker. We have Scott Ike, who's helping kind of bridge the relationships to community um, and state programs. And uh, yeah, anybody can can plug into that. And we, if you are a VSO that wants to kind of be known by the network, also we're, we're continuing to expand our relationships and partnerships. Well, you know, we are, we are appreciating everything that you're doing um, for the community and really helping nonprofits to see that, you know, collaboration and network is, is better than doing it alone. And I think about many of the nonprofits out here who are struggling, who, who maybe their, their housing is their issue, is their, is their strength, right, is what they're doing. But then a veteran's coming and looking for employment and some of these other things that they don't have the resources to support. And just to be able to see that there's this network out there that can assist them at no cost to get them connected to some of the other things that are outside of their wheelhouse is so great. So can you give that um, website again where nonprofits or even people who are looking to find out more about how they can assist um, can, can find you? Yes, so americaswarriorpartnership.org and the website or the program is the network. So americaswarriorpartnership.org backslash the dash network. And so there are two forms. There's one for a veteran self-referral or there's one for a VSO referral. And then is that the same um, link if they want to do learn more about the community integration and about some of the training and opportunities there? Is that the same? Yes, absolutely. So it's under the community integration tab and there is quarterly training events to learn about the model and there's monthly battle rhythms to learn about great resources to utilize in your community. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Caitlin. And I, I will I will say out there to the community of those folks listening, this is a this is a great opportunity you want to take advantage of. You know, reach out to America was a Warriors Part Warrior Partnership to find out how you can better take your nonprofit to the next level and assist the veterans and the family members that you serve. Thank you so much again, Caitlin, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you after the commercial break with our final guest on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me is our final guest, 
Liz Mulefelt to the show. And she's the Director of Operations for the Midwest Region at the USO and helps support nearly 800,000 active duty reserves and National Guard military and their families across 10 states in the Midwest from Ohio to the Dakotas. USO Midwest Region is excited to announce the opening of the first USO Center in the state of Michigan at Camp Grayling. This seasonal center will serve and support over 20,000 service members who come through Camp Grayling for summer annual training. And we just had um, an event for annual training up there, and I, I, I do remember some of your USO singers. So I will say welcome to the show, Liz, and thank you for coming to Michigan in this way. Thank you. Yeah, I've actually been to Michigan several times now, uh, mostly in the Grayling, Traverse City area. And so I'm kind of calling it my second home now, but I love it. Yeah, that was a windy day. We were supposed yes, to have fireworks and it didn't happen because it was so windy. But um, we appreciate you having that show. And I will say I did not get to watch it because I knew that if I went down there, someone was going to make me sing. They kept saying it. So I didn't get to go <laughs> see the show, but um, I'm sure it was fabulous. It was. <laughs> yep. They, they sang through the wind and did great. So awesome. Awesome. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about USO? I know we've seen USOs and airports and things, but, and, and many of us who were in the military uh, remember those USO shows that you would put on, but a lot of people don't know, or maybe they didn't experience that. So please tell us a little bit more about them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are a nonprofit and we are the nation's leading organization that supports our, our active duty service members, which includes National Guard and Reserves and their families throughout their time in uniform. So a, a lot of people remember the Bob Hope days of, you know, concert tours across seas. And we still do that. We still have a big entertainment department that does uh, those kind of fun things in the show troupe that you mentioned at Camp Grayling, but but we do a lot more than that too now. So, you know, including support of spouses and family members, centers across the world, kind of like you mentioned at our airports, at installations like Camp Grayling now, um, and then just other types of programming that we have um, that kind of meet meet the needs of the service members where they're at now. So for younger generations, we've got gaming, we've got our mobile operations that I'm sure I'll talk about a little bit more. Um, so it's really, it's more than more than just a concert, but really trying to bring morale and appreciation to our service members. Well, and you know, I know we were talking about our service members as well, but I know that there are retirees and 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 some veterans who utilize some of the some of your um, services, or maybe they're volunteers. Can you talk about those folks who maybe work with the VSO, I mean, with the USO, or, you know, who um, take part in uh, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because truly, I, I tell any volunteer that I run into um, that our organization couldn't exist without them. And I think Camp Grayling in Michigan um, is proof of that because we don't have a USO staff member in the state of Michigan. So I, I travel there frequently, like I mentioned, but that center is run completely by local volunteers. And a lot of those volunteers are retirees and veterans. Um, or employees of Camp Grayling for years and years and years, which is really cool because I think um, they get the opportunity to interact with current service members, talk about you know their days in service, and just really relate to them in a lot of ways. So I think I think that's really cool. But but truly, our volunteer force is amazing and is the reason that we're able to do what we do. So I always put a plug in for that. Um, but we're always looking for volunteers across the country, really. But even in our states where we might not have a USO staff member like Michigan, I am still corralling volunteers, and there's still opportunities across the state um, to do the good that we do. So, you know, I do have this question. I'm sure that some of those folks, I mean, I think about the fact that um, this airs uh, 
it, you know, it can be picked up all over the state, but the main areas of Detroit, uh, you, you have some of these tours and you have your, your, your troop that you take on the road. Uh, how would somebody volunteer or be a part of the USO show? I mean, hey, maybe that may be something I want to do after this job, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, our USO show troop are actually part-time staff. So they, we, you know, we consider them part of our USO staff, you know, run through our entertainment department. So I am sure I can hook you up with uh, <laughs> the manager of show troop and, and get you a job, you know, post, um, post radio. All right. You know what? That's that's going to be my next gig. Everybody yeah. keeps asking me what's next. That's it, right? I love it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> but uh, so that's great. And so do you have folks who are veterans who sign up to be entertainers or like how can somebody um, in all seriousness, if they want to maybe um, and when I say volunteers or staff, but how can somebody be a part of that? Um, remembering the time that maybe they saw a show like that, how could they be able to take part of that and, and, and serve in that way? Yeah, you know, as far as actual veterans or retirees performing, you know, that's something I'd have to defer to my entertainment department, but there are opportunities, as I mentioned before, just about volunteering all over mm -hmm. the world. So, you know, when we had show troop come to Camp Grayling, that was, you know, all hands on deck kind of, you know, working with show troop, getting them to a green room, you know, getting them up to the tag social and then back to the parade grounds um, and kind of working with the other, we had uh, service members that performed too in a talent show. So, you know, getting who's up next on deck, what song are you singing? So um, there's a lot of fun ways. We actually had a volunteer was the one that ran all of the sound. So that's kind of what she does by hobby. And so she came and run, ran all the sound for the show. So there's ways to get involved when show troops may be performing locally or somewhere like that. Um, I mean, just volunteering really is the best way to get involved and kind of get your foot in the door for that type of thing. So, you know, before we talk about mobile VSOs, I do want to put a plug out here for you all um, and, and say to those organizations who are out there who serve veterans, this is a great opportunity to, to reach out to Liz and reach out to the USO to maybe, you know, maybe it's you take a, a week or you take, you know, a couple weeks, a month, a year or something like that as an organization to kind of sponsor volunteerism at these USOs. It's a great opportunity to talk to those active duty members as well as the retirees who have access to these USOs to be able to talk to them about some of the services you provide, because then it gets them ready for when they do retire to maybe come and utilize your services. So this is an opportunity that you can give back if you're looking for those opportunities. So um, I will say you, you mentioned something about mobile USOs. Can you talk a little bit about, the, about that? Yeah. Absolutely. So our mobile USO, I would consider that a program and it's kind of like a center on wheels, if you will. So uh, I love our mobiles. And in fact, our mobiles have been coming up to Camp Grayling to support training out in the field for, I think, a decade now. Um, and that's kind of what introduced us, the USO, to Camp Grayling to begin with. But but they are a way for us to meet the service member where they are. So whether that's in a, you know a crazy austere location close to Canada, um, or if there's, you know, a natural disaster that hit and our National Guard got called out, you know, we'll take our whole fleet down for, you know, hurricane flooding and we'll support them in that way. So they can really go wherever they can go where our service members are. And I think that's really important. Um, there's places where we can't open USOs um, or we don't have staff. Um, and so our mobile are, you know, they're our program that can go go there and, and bring them food and bring them entertainment and bring them recreation or just a cold water and air conditioning um, or a, a movie to watch at the end of a long training day. So 
So we are, you know, even in the last year, I think we've really picked up on utilizing our mobile, our mobiles more. And that could be anything from, you know, you've seen like the big RVs uh, that have, you know, multi TVs and video games inside them or a video that plays out on the side of it um, to a truck and trailer. And our trailers might, you know, pull something specialty like a, a coffee bar or um, outdoor rec items. So we've kind of, we kind of have a whole fleet as we call it that, really can meet the needs wherever they are in the country, whatever the terrain is, wherever the training is, wherever the service members are. Well, you know, I want to thank you for all that you do. I, I again, um, I remember there, you know, USOs have supported, you know, my health and well-being in the number of ways from, you know, the times I'm in an airport and need some respite to um, when I was in the military and my, my first uh, basic training, I got to attend a USO show uh, and that just kind of set me up for the rest of the journey. So I, you know, I appreciate all that you all are doing. And if you can just share that on a website again, where people can donate their time, maybe donate money, donate supplies, whatever the case is, or reach out to USO, if you could share that website. Yeah, absolutely. It is USO.org. So USO.org. And, and we love to see more volunteers. Well, Liz, I appreciate you joining us today. Um, and thank you for all that you're doing to serve veterans. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I'd like to thank the rest of our guests, Tom Lang and Caitlin Cashwell, for joining us today. Remember that you can find out more information by visiting us at michigan.org on any of the services that we provide. Or you can also find out more about some of today's guests by calling us at 1-800-BISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And remember, if you're struggling, you can call 988 and press 1. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.